Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. We are going to jump into some Pac 12, Big 12 rumor mill stuff right off the bat. But first, subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Just 30 bucks gets you six months of On the Pony Express. So covered really well into football season, all the recruiting season that is to come on the site. Don't be left out of the know. We've just hit an all-time high again on the site. So pumped about that. Just in time for summer when recruiting hits uh, picks up. Hit that subscribe button to the, to the YouTube channel as well. But let's jump into Pac-12, Big 12, Rumor Mill City. And our friend, Dennis Dodd uh, from CBS Sports, came out with another report about somebody trying to leave the Pac-12. And it's centered around Colorado having substantive talks with the Big 12 about possibly joining the league. He also followed that by saying, while a move out of the Pac-12 is not assured, Colorado is performing due diligence to determine whether to return to the conference it once called home. Colorado remains in wait-and-see mode uh, regarding a new media rights deal that is yet to be solidified. That's pretty much it. He also added that Colorado and and the Big 12 have met face-to-face while involved in consistent talks over a period of several months, according to multiple sources. Uh, It was made clear that a move to the Big 12 would not be made without the support of football coach Deion Sanders, which 
as we've covered on this podcast, Deion Sanders is in full approval. Now, the issue with that is that uh, Colorado Athletic Director Rick George told CBS Sports that they that he has no comment other than what he said last week. We are proud members of the Pac-12. In a perfect world, we'd love to be in the Pac-12, but we also have to do what is right for Colorado at the end of the day. Great. That is important. That is exactly what you should be doing. You want to know what that sounds like? Due diligence. And for me, when you look at Colorado, and we've talked a lot about it on the podcast, there's one angle of this. They left the Big 12 because they wanted to be a part of a group of schools that were much more committed to academics. And don't forget that a large number of Colorado students come from Pac-12 country. It is not as much a question about football as it is about priorities for for the overall university. You hired Deion Sanders. You're getting all the buzz in the world. You got a chance with USC and UCLA on the way out to have a terrific opportunity to maybe make some noise with your new coaching staff and win maybe down the line. The Pac-12, that could happen. That could absolutely happen. And you can do that without uprooting your overall values that really force your hand into leaving the Big 12 for the Pac-12. That is what drove Colorado's move to the Pac-12. And barring a massive disparity in final media rights deal numbers, which, by the way, uh, Streaming is starting to become a true way of the future. This is going to be, once again, a nothing burger, in my opinion. Now, I don't fault any of these schools for talking with this conference, that conference, this official, that official, that school president, this school president, doesn't matter. You should be doing that. Quite frankly, with what Dennis reported, I could have reported, let's say, trying to remember about this probably about three weeks ago three to four weeks ago I could have said SMU has had substantive talks with the Big 12 regarding possible membership in the league and SMU is doing its due diligence because they're also sitting here waiting on the Pac-12 as they try to finalize their media rights deal and make their final determination on expansion. So let's have some, some substantive talks around the future of SMU and if the Big 12 could potentially be a part of that future. And by the way, we've seen Men- Memphis now mentioned back up and running again with the Big 12 rumors. And you can do the same with SMU and the ACC. The reality is, A lot of these officials, especially around this time of year, I mean, all the league meetings. I mean, heck, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 were just in the same hotel, basically, for a whole weekend doing some meetings just earlier this, well, listening to this now in June, but in the first week of May. They were all in the same vicinity in Scottsdale. So, yeah, you can have in-person discussions. And I can tell you, SMU sat down with Brett Yormark, probably more than I even know, 
I know there's more than I know, but they've done it. And they've had conversations with ACC presidents. They've had ACC officials talking to them. It's because nobody knows what the next domino is truly going to be. Right now, the signs point to the Pac-12 hanging together, SMU and San Diego State being the two schools that are going to be brought into the league. But there's also the chance that maybe, maybe something else happens. You never know. You never know in conference realignment. That's the reality of it. That's what makes it so crazy. That's a part of the reason why we see so many of these articles come out. But the reality of it is, again, barring a complete change in Colorado's stance on the future of the Pac-12, and especially when it comes to that number from a media rights deal perspective, they're not going to the Big 12. But the push continues. The push continues that the Big 12 is going to bring in Colorado. UConn's getting buzz. Uh, Memphis was mentioned today, I saw. It's just a continuous, especially when things die down. I mean, the most exciting thing that happened this week in sports is probably SEC media days. I mean, that I could be wrong. I'm not a big baseball guy. Sorry. But the Stanley Cup's quiet. NBA Finals you know, starts tonight. It's pretty quiet early in the week, so perfect timing for Dennis to drop this article. You know, the St. Louis Blues aren't in the playoffs. I, I I think it's it's just one of those things that as you look at it and everyone is scared to report what is going to happen. And it makes a ton of sense. You don't want to be the guy, especially at that high of a level, that says the Pac-12 has agreed to X media deal for however many years and it's not done, which I don't think it's done done yet. I, I, I don't. But you don't also want to be the one who's reporting the Pac-12 is going to add X school or the Big 12 is going to be adding X school. So what do you do? You have these articles that, especially for some of them, and look, we had our friend Ross Dellinger on, on the podcast earlier this spring, and he, he said this is why we're very careful about what we report. I mean, Ross would probably be exhausted writing all of the articles and, and chasing every little tidbit that has been pounced on by Many media members. I mean, this Colorado to Big 12 thing started from Barry Trammell, who I, I I didn't even I didn't even know who he was before this started. But he reported that Colorado is ready to commit joining the Big 12 soon. And that's a direct quote from the CBS article. And so they even got it wrong copying and pasting it. Because that literally right there. Colorado is ready to commit joining the Big 12 soon. There's also a typo in the type of, in the top of uh, Dennis's um, article in the uh, teaser. CU continues to weigh its Pac-12 future with an opportunity to rejoin its former league. No period at the end either. I'm not trying to break down Dennis here, but like this is the type of stuff that it's just cookie cutter at this point. You know, Barry Trammell from the Oklahoman, he wants to go out and report that a Big 12 source told me last week, one source by the way, that Colorado is ready to commit to joining ads on the page popped up, ready to commit to joining the big 12 quote soon. Just say that Colorado wants to join the big 12 
and is awaiting an invitation from the league. That's firm. That puts your money where your mouth is. If you're saying Colorado's going to join, all they need is an invitation. That That is, at least you're going to go out there and say it. Instead of all these little, Colorado has had a talk with the Big 12. Colorado might be eyeing the Big 12. I mean, we saw it with Arizona earlier this spring. And it's just all these little pieces of information that wherever they come from, they might be legit, might be misinformation, might not be, whatever. They're being pounced on. And then when you get into writing an article about it, I mean, some of the things contradict each other because you just don't have enough. You know, the substantive talks with the Big 12 about possibly joining the league, a couple paragraphs down, it's just due diligence. You know, it's just headline grabbing stuff. And for me, it's just obviously it's exhausting. I mean, you, this is really the reality of where we're at with Big 12, Pac-12, realignment, expansion, media rights deal. It's it's wearing on everyone. But these types of articles, I mean, just don't, I just don't think they help anyone. You know, and it, it it's not, and, and that goes whether you're Big 12, Pac-12. Like, I don't think it, if, if Colorado doesn't go to the Big 12, they've now been, you know, rumored to have been talking with them for all these months and portrayed in a way, in my opinion, that they're going to go, especially from Barry Trammell. But then they don't go at all. Well, why? And how does that make the Big 12 look? So all the propaganda around the Big 12, if everything stays the same with the Pac-12, man, that was a colossal egg-on-the-face situation. Regardless of how well the Big 12 has handled the media rights deal, maybe uh, heading off being unstable, and Brett Yarmark's been aggressive, he's, he's been successful. It, it, it's not, it, it's just egg-on-the-face situation if none of it happens. Because it's been going on just as much as we saw earlier this spring with the Pac-12 saying that the media rights deal is close. But with the Pac-12, all they're saying is, we're close, we're close. Yes, they have been wrong. But, I mean, they're, this is, I mean, it's almost interference at this point with the Big 12 and the Pac-12. So, just another chapter in the days of conference realignment, and we will continue to monitor it on, on theponyexpress.com as best we can. Um, if I hear of anything s- substantive, um, I will uh, let you guys know. I should say uh, substantial. Um, I'll let you guys know for our subscribers on the board. Um, but uh, one other thing to note, um, we are in June now. And the conference uh, media rights deal for the Pac-12. I don't believe the deadline situation as far as getting it done for San Diego State or SMU as far as their exit fees, because I just don't think with a move like this, it matters for either school. You're going to take the deal whenever that comes. But I do think it'd be wise for the league if they're going to do this to get it done this month. And that's that's my opinion. I don't know if it has anything uh, to do, uh, or I don't think it has any weight, obviously, but it just, that would be, out of all the things with, with this media rights deal negotiation, 
and how it's been going, that would be probably the one thing that would make sense. So we'll continue to track it. Like I said, at OnThePonyExpress.com, keep our ear to the ground for anything that pops up on the Pac-12 and SMU and all the rumor mill going on. But the real reason why I wanted to uh, talk to you guys really on this podcast today is SMU's offseason is now underway. The Mustangs welcomed some high school signees, some transfer additions to the program uh, this week as classes got underway, summer workouts got underway, and many of the signees, uh, both high school and transfer, are on campus on the hilltop. We do have the inside scoop for those wondering uh, who did not make it to campus. We have that on the website, on theponyexpress.com. So check that out. Again, just another reason to be a subscriber. You get the even the little stuff, you know, who's enrolling when, uh, what the situations are, all of those things. So check that out on the site. When it comes to summer workouts, Sean Griswold and his staff will now get a hold of pretty much all uh, of the uh, 2023 roster and start working with them on what they need to do to be prepared to make a run at an AC, AAC uh, championship and also take down the likes of Oklahoma and TCU. To do that, what are some of the big goals for this offseason? Well, for me, I think you look back at the 2022 season. First season under Sean Griswold, he comes in and... I think the one thing that worked rather well is SMU finished the best it did in quite some time. They won four of their last five games to close out the regular season. Obviously, that rough one against Tulane uh, was obviously out there. The New Mexico Bowl, you didn't have Jalen Thomas and uh, Rasheed Rice, and, and you were eventually out of running backs by the end of it. But as far as the end of the regular season, that is exactly how Sean Griswold uh, and his staff pretty much would like to draw it up. They were pretty, uh, they were very well conditioned, I felt like. I mean, I, I really did. I, you look at the Houston shootout, you look at going on the road at Tulsa, um, some of the other games, the Memphis game, they were able to make a play at the end of the game. I know it wasn't pretty, it wasn't a perfect game by any means, but there were portions of that schedule that run that SMU I think was clearly the better focus the more together and the better conditioned team and those things are built over the course of the summer so I think you've got to give Sean Griswold and his staff a, a good amount of credit for laying the foundation of this program under Rhett Lashley now you bring in 42 41 transfer uh, total new players I should say so about half your roster is brand new coming into the 2023 season. So you do have to get a lot of those guys up to speed. Good thing is probably about 12 to 13 of the high school guys that you brought in probably are going to play a ton. Uh, but the transfers, a lot of those guys are going to be expected to play and play a lot. So with that in mind, I think some of the things that I, I feel like, one, SMU has to address this offseason, the big thing is last year's shoulder injuries. That was pretty wild. Um, just uh, Bo Corrales, Jordan Curley, Jake Bailey, um, a couple others uh, probably out there, a couple on the defensive side maybe. Uh, maybe it was a something that they've done some research on and, and maybe they found it was it's not consistent with just about anything that's ever happened in college football, but it, it was pretty wild. Um, but... Obviously, I think one of the top things that I would maybe do if I was Sean Griswold is, is tweak 
some of the shoulder prehab is what you'd call it. And, and, you know, being a former quarterback, uh, that was one of the things that, you know, going back to my training, one of the things I still do um, is shoulder prehab, a lot of the band work, um, some of the, the things that you, you do to make sure that joint and everything is really well protected. And I'm sure they did that last year. And a lot of it was just freak stuff. And in the spring, they were very safe, you know, no diving for balls. They would just say, all right, pull up, you know, we get it. <laughs> you know, we're, you're trying to make a play, but you don't need to make a play and pop your shoulder out. Um, those type of things, because SMU lost a few key guys on offense, um, just doing just that. So, um, I guess add a little bit of that into uh, the offseason uh, workout plan uh, for the team. But when you look at SMU and what some of the players are that I, I think could really take a jump in the weight room uh, with a strong summer, I look at a guy like Isaiah Smith, and he got a ton of reps in spring off the edge with Nelson Paul. He played a good bit as a pass rusher, as a true freshman, and, and, and had some moments where he really put it all together. Um, but um, he is somebody that I think athletically is really on the cusp of being one of the better pass rushers we've seen come through SMU in the last few years. Just his speed, his uh, athleticism, his bend, he's still somewhat raw but I think he could use probably about 20 to 25 pounds. And if he wants to do that, put that on, I think he is going to uh, really put together a, a, a nice season because you look at that position, Nelson Paul coming back, Cam Robertson was added from North Texas. They had Jaden Jones coming back um, and he didn't play uh, in the spring. Um, and, and they have, um, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the group, um, I would say. And Jalen Samuels is expected to come back after he was suspended all spring. So there's a good bit of depth that that's the group that you're you're having play that bandit position. Um, if he puts on the necessary weight, he could be, he could carve out a little bit more of a role on an every down uh, situation. Last year, he was a little bit more of a, a situational pass rusher and a rather good one. But um, I would say Isaiah Smith is a guy that you look at and you just think he can do. Uh, a lot of good things uh, if he can add about 20 to 25 pounds. When I look at uh, the running back position, I look at Kamar Wheaton. And Kamar Wheaton came in with huge expectations to obviously do a lot at SMU. And I, I still think expectations are very high. But he's also got to really – he's got he's got to really commit himself to the weight room. He's got to commit himself in the classroom too. But especially in the weight room, some of the little things that have hampered him, hamstrings here or there, he's had some knee issues between high school and college. All of those things have got to be the priority for Kamar Wheaton and getting ahead on. We talked about prehab with the shoulders. He's really got to learn to live in the weight room, live in the training room and get that treatment for his body and just know how important it is. And he's a guy that I still think they're trying to guide and get on the right path and all those things. And hopefully it works out for him because he's got a ton of talent. But if he's not available, you're going to have a running back room that's going to have Tyler Levine coming back off injury. If he's healthy uh, and ready to go, then he's a factor along with Jalen Knighton and LJ Johnson and, and um, Velton Gardner. That group and then Roger Daniels could get a touch or two out of the backfield of the game. That group is pretty salty. And so if you're not ready to go, you're quickly 
the fourth option, fifth option, that running back room. And then you're really not playing a lot. And I fear with Kamar is his motivation could drop because of that. He is kind of, he's a pretty fun kid to be around, a uh, young man. But if sometimes when you're not getting the ball, you know, you, you don't, you don't feel it as much. And I, that's not an attitude thing. It's just, if you, if you know, you've, you're not going to get it because Jalen Knighton and LJ Johnson and Tyler Levine and Velton Gardner put it together. And those are veteran guys. Those are, those are good quality leaders too, I would say. Then that, that, that could hamper him. So they've got to continue to get him on the right track and really push uh, him to understand what he needs to do in the weight room. Uh, Romelo Brinson would be a guy I would say you probably want to see get in the weight room a little bit more, just develop some of that strength uh, to his body. Um, and then um, on the offensive line, uh, you do have um, guys like Stone EB, who's made the transition to the offensive line. Um, and he's somebody that I think is going to have to really bulk up to, to have a shot to play the position long term. Um, so there are some guys that are going through body transitions right now as far as um, the positions that they play. Um, Elijah Roberts is a big guy, for example, and he's going to play that strong side defensive end spot, but also he's played a little bit of bandit. So I wonder if they try to do something with him to slim him down a little bit. Um, and then uh, Stefan Wright on the defensive line, he's another guy that you got to you know live in the weight room and, and just continue to work on your prehab and, and, and things like that to make it all come together. Um, and out, outside of that, I mean, you really looking, you're really looking at a, a group that is pretty well put together as far as a base goes. Um, maybe Chris Adamora adds a few pounds at the linebacker position over the course of the summer, uh, to maybe hold up a little bit more as he makes that transition to linebacker. Um, but overall you, you are really looking at a group, um, that, that has a lot of, um, guys who are just ready to go. And I don't think there's too many that really stand out, especially after some of the departures that stand out as far as, you know, they're really behind or um, they're, they're not committed. I think the group that they have on this roster, maybe a couple guys here and there, they've really done a nice job committing themselves in the weight room. And, and Sean Griswold, you can tell, has a good relationship with a lot of these guys. And just the way they, the way they kind of, phrase things is it's almost it's almost a little bit more of like a hey if you want to go pro this is how it is and that stuff can help motivate because if you want to go pro and you want to be successful and and get to that you got to win games at college and you got to be at your best in college and that is kind of how at least from our limited time with Sean Griswold and kind of chatting with him they they kind of monitor it like that and they kind of phrase it a little bit like that from what I've seen they have some of their mantras and things that they want to do you know each brick for each game um you know is one uh that they're you know kind of the motivation in the season but a lot of what i've kind of heard him talk about here and there especially when he first got here i felt like this was a a point that he hit on is a lot of it is you know it's it's a little bit of self-motivating because i'm not here to hold your hand because i'm not going to be here to hold your hand if you guys go pro but here's all the things we're doing to help make you a pro. And that's kind of the, the mindset on the summer conditioning. So um, we actually will get to see the last uh, 
workout of the summer. We get invited to that. So that'll be fun. And I'm going to try to pop in on a couple. Uh, I think I'll maybe be able to get that uh, run up the totem pole and, and see if I can get that approved. But um, it is a, it's a fun time of year for the for the uh, players. You know, this is a time where they're going to bond. Like I said, about 41 new names coming into the program this summer. And um, a lot of them are going to hit the ground running. You know, a good a good group of them are, are freshmen and they're just going to be swimming. Their heads are going to be swimming as they adjust to college life. And some of the transfers are adjusting, obviously, a new home. Um, but a lot of the transfers that are coming in this summer are pretty veteran guys. Um, they're guys that have been around. Um, Keyshawn Mills is a young one uh, who didn't play at all last year, but Kyron Chambers, Jordan Hudson, they played. Um, you get Logan Parr, Ja'Kai Clark, um, Micah Hiltz, guys like that coming in. Uh, they do um, they do have uh, that veteran sense to them. And uh, in talking with a lot of them, and, or, or just knowing them, like I knew, knew Logan Parr as a recruit. He's a pretty mature kid. So I, the, the chemistry thing is going to come together. There were a lot of new faces last year for SMU, and they finished winning four of their last five games in the regular season. And I think that can be the telltale sign. It took a minute for SMU to figure out some things last year. It took a minute for them to figure out, oh, we should give Tyler Levine the ball a little bit more. Things like that as they went through the season. This was the really what I would say the first year in a while, that I felt like SMU developed during the season. And this is not a shot at past coaching staffs. This is not a revisionist history, in my opinion. And I know it's not revisionist history in a sense because SMU hasn't closed a season like that in years and years and years. I think I ran it back. Was it was it June? Maybe Chad Morris? I, anyway. That's how long it had been since SMU closed the season out like that. And I felt like they learned more and more about the players and how to use them. We saw that with Tyler Levine. We saw that finally giving Ahmad Moses the keys to the car at safety uh, for the last couple games. Uh, we saw them try to do different things or get guys back. Stephon Wright came back. He got hurt again, but he came back. David Abiara played a little bit down the stretch. There were just little moments throughout the season. Roderick Daniels is the prime example of that. There were little moments throughout last year that it felt like SMU between the coach <clears throat> between the coaches and the players found themselves a little bit and they got better and they figured out maybe some of the things that weren't working or were working and all of that and they they were able to kind of put it together a little bit more down the stretch which is obviously why they won for the last five games. But all of that can't get done if you don't have good chemistry, which is built in the summer. And a lot of people say, oh, I hope it comes together. Not to over oversimplify things, but guys are pretty chill. I think we all know that. And unless you have a really bad apple in the room or bad, a few bad apples really spoiling things for everyone then you're sitting in a good spot and guys will just get to know each other more. And that's kind of the beauty of it is, is they'll continue to spend a lot of time around each other. But if you're good, I'm good. And that's kind of the thing that I think SMU with the additions that they've made. And I, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, they've done a really nice job getting guys who really fit, I think, a, a, a character piece that this coaching staff knows they need so that they don't disrupt the water 
and bring in somebody. All right, let's bring in that guy. All right, it's a big, big risk, but let's bring him in because, man, we have got to have X happen at X position this year. And I don't care who we bring in. Let's just get it done. They didn't do that. They did not do that. So I think Sean Griswold is going to have a much easier time on his hands, not learning everybody, obviously, um, this time around with some new faces coming on campus. Obviously, he'll do that with those guys, but he's uh, settled in well. And uh, I think some of the uh, the pieces for this offseason program will be tweaked. I'm interested to see uh, or hear about any of those that that do happen. We'll share those for our subscribers. We'll get some uh, tidbits on summer workouts and things like that. But um, overall, SMU is just about to hit the ground running uh, with preparation for the 2023 season. The coaches are going to start doing their first round of game planning soon uh, once this camp weekend gets over with. So that's going to be on deck for them as well. But on the recruiting front, I do want to take a moment and just uh, share with you guys a couple things. Um, SMU is going to host official visitors the next three weekends starting June 9th. So we know that SMU um, already has Sterling Brooks coming to campus. He's the North Crowley defensive tackle. I'm not going to like go down the whole preview again like we did a few podcasts ago. But SMU is going to have another player come to town. That's Gulfport, Mississippi linebacker Eric Moore Jr., who picked up an offer earlier in May uh, toward the tail end of this um, of this uh, evaluation period. And now he's going to be officially visiting SMU. Uh, and he sounded pretty high on the Mustangs uh, at, when I caught up with him. We got a full breakdown uh, with Eric on the site. Um, he's also going to officially visit Georgia Tech and Liberty. Uh, he's unsure about a decision timeline, so we'll kind of see how that goes. But that is the new addition to the official visitor list for SMU. Um, so be sure to uh, lock in a subscription for this summer. It's going to be busy. Uh, lots to come uh, on On the Pony Express as far as recruiting goes. But to kind of wrap things up quickly on recruiting, again, I didn't want to spend too much time. But this month, SMU has its big mega camp. Um, starting Friday, they've got a, a few sessions the next two days after that. And then, th then they can do private workouts um, and they'll do that. I, I'm pretty sure that I'm 99.9% .9 sure that rule's still rolling, but they'll have private workouts with other guys that they like, bring them back. Um, whether it's be, uh, whether it's guys that they're evaluating guys that um, they've had on the radar for a long, long time and have offered and things like that. They'll do that over the course of June and they'll also be hosting official visitors. So that is going to run uh, June 9th. They'll have a couple midweek guys here and there. Uh, June 9th weekend, June 16th weekend, and then um, June 23rd weekend. Last weekend of July, I think it's going to be a pretty big recruiting weekend when it comes to the uh, official visitors or the unofficial visitors for the underclassmen. I think that's going to be a massive big uh, party of sorts is what it looks like it's starting to trend towards. So we'll kind of monitor who's going to hit that as well. Um, and we'll see a lot of these underclassmen hit campus for unofficial visits um, starting this month as well. So there is a lot to get to on the recruiting front. We'll see a lot of SMU's top targets make decisions toward the end of June, but really especially July. We saw that last year. That was kind of SMU got on a run early June when they had their barbecue event and they reeled in a bunch of commitments from that. But then what SMU did this year with the mega camp and getting that kind of situated and the way they're approaching their class, 
they're going to be hopeful that their run will really start in the beginning of July. Now, maybe a guy pops on a visit and he commits right then and there. But for the most part, you're going to see a lot of these guys take visits, enjoy them, and then get those decisions done uh, during uh, the month of July or maybe even into August a little bit before their senior seasons. So one last recruiting note, and we'll see if SMU can get an official visit out of him. But Zena Umeo-Zulu, the Allen, Texas edge rusher, he's a four-star prospect, a top 200 overall prospect on the on-three industry ranking. He's got official visits lined up to Texas and Oklahoma, but SMU did make his top nine schools uh, that he released going into the summer. Uh, he is going to, um, like I said, officially visit Oklahoma and Texas. His brother does play for Texas. He's an offensive lineman. But AM, Oregon, USC, Miami, and Georgia made the cut. Uh, this is a guy that um, Calvin Thibodeau has really worked hard at recruiting. They hosted him multiple times for unofficial visits this spring. Maybe SMU can get an official visit. He does want to make a decision before his senior season. So we'll kind of see if that can happen. Um, but uh, SMU, this is one of those guys that if you don't get him this time around, you've recruited him real hard for maybe the opportunity to get him if it doesn't work out wherever he ends up. But Texas is a good betting favorite on Zeno Mozulu. But again, he did visit multiple times this spring. Maybe SMU can pull off a shocker and reel him in. So that is it. I hope you guys have a great weekend. We are going to be back next week. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to start diving into some in-depth positional previews as well as I'm going to try to get some uh, people to come on and talk about the upcoming schedule for SMU. Some of the opponents will start doing some early looks at SMU's 2023 schedule, which we did see some of the uh, game times get announced. SMU will open its season at 11 a.m. against Louisiana Tech on August or uh, on September 2nd in Ford Stadium. Uh, that game will be on ESPNU. And then uh, SMU will head to Norman 5 p.m. Central Time start, but it is on ESPN Plus. Then SMU hosts Prairie View AM on ESPN Plus at 6 p.m. on Saturday, September 16th. TCU game time didn't get announced, nor did the Charlotte game, which is the AAC opener on Family Weekend. But SMU's uh, during the week games, uh, Thursday, October 12th at East Carolina, that's 6 30 on ESPN. And then the next week, Friday, October 20th, at Temple, uh, 6 p.m. start on ESPN2. And then SMU North Texas, 8 p.m. start on Friday, November 10th on ESPN2. So the rest of the game times to come as the season gets underway. Guys, hope you guys have a great weekend. Like I said, I kind of said goodbye and then went off on that tangent. But this is it for now. Please hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel and also keep subscribing to OnThePonyExpress.com. Appreciate all you guys who have jumped on board the site. Uh, it's going to be a fun summer. Can't wait to roll through it with you guys and uh, keep you guys up to date on all things SMU. So check back in next week. We'll be back with another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads 
money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.